Brand Over Coffee conversations are with different experts and inspiring individuals. They may be different in what they do, but they all share one thing in common. They all create, develop, and nurture brands. These conversations will highlight not only their expertise, but also their experiences. And I hope these could help answer some of your questions and inspire you to build your own brands and take your businesses to greater heights. My name is Andrea Ferry, founder of the Creative Brand Studio and your host for this podcast. When you're ready, let's talk brand over coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. With the boom of social media, we have also seen the rise of social media influencers. For a lot of businesses, they find themselves asking, how do we consistently pull off effective influencer marketing campaigns and how do we work with the right social media influencers to help push business growth and build a brand? Today, we get to take a look at the other side of the coin and hear the story and thoughts of a social media influencer. Joining me is Patty Laurel Tillart. Patty is a digital creator, host, and a social media influencer from the Philippines. Hi, Patty. How are you? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. And hello to everyone who's watching and listening right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Patty, to start, why don't you tell us more about yourself? Okay. So, like you mentioned, I am from the Philippines. I am a mom to two and a wife to Patrick. So I was actually, I actually started as a television host. So I used to do courtside reporting, you know, in those basketball shows. Basketball is such a big thing in the Philippines. So I would be that person in the small screen talking about the game and talking about the team. So we were for from the Ateneo. Yes. <laughs> And so that's where I started. Then I eventually did hosting for television and even for MTV back in the day when it was still in the Philippines. <laughs> We're seeing how old I actually am. Yes. But yeah, so that's how it developed. I, I started hosting and then it progressed to events hosting. Mm-hmm. I would do corporate hosting. And during all of this time, I actually started a blog Back in the time when blogging wasn't how it is right now, it wasn't a big marketing tool back then. In fact, it was really more like a a humble online journal. Everyone was doing it in college and after college just to reach out and to share your thoughts and experiences. So it was really just a young adult, you know, typing away my feelings, (laughs) very shallow and nothing philosophical, but That's how I started, you know, my online community. And I was just so surprised that I was able to make a lot of connections online with, first it started with people who I knew, Mm -hmm. and then it branched out to people they knew. And then eventually I was just so shocked that organically I I developed this, this community online. And so that was the time when... Facebook and Instagram was was coming into play as well as Twitter. So um, it was not like a huge plan in my head. I was doing hosting as a job, but the online thing was more like because I was enjoying it and mm-hmm. because you know I was I was loving the interaction with people online. And so from blogging, I transitioned to social media. It was completely new back then. And even with my engagements with brands, it was just more like 
this is something I really like. I just wanted to share a good experience or like if I, you know, experienced some, a great restaurant, I wanted my friends to hear about it. I wanted to talk about a dish because I'm such a huge foodie or if I was able to get a great budget promo online, you know, it was just like simple recommendations from a regular person. And so it started like that. And then now it's like I have this social media community and it's been a really great ride. I think I feel more than anything, I feel grateful because I've been given this platform that started organically with no great business plan or a great agenda, but then it worked out. And so uh, because it happened so organically and because it happened at the time that you know it was starting to just flourish I feel that's why I feel much more responsible in taking care of this platform because it was given I I feel like it, it I know it sounds corny but because I feel that it's not really to my credit it's like it feels like a gift So I think it really did help that, as what you mentioned, it started organically. You started, you were, let's just say, among the pioneers in the social media game, at least in the Philippines. Uh, And I think that's part of the charm with your Instagram. I mean, I'm a follower myself. There's this authenticity in you that, yeah, you know that it's really a genuine community. So Patty, so your followers would, of course, see beautiful photos and content that you create in your feed. And maybe some may think, okay, it's so easy to be a social media influencer. But is it really that easy? Well, I would have to find myself in the middle of it where I know I understand why some people would say oh it just seems like you know that's so easy to take a photo they're just laughing and if I'm being completely honest yes there are moments that are easy like when my children are dancing or singing you know they're just being themselves it's not like I'm putting them in a position that's very difficult for them in fact when it comes to our children we don't want them to feel like it's work we just want them to have regular childhoods and you know just maximize <laughs> whatever they have given the situation so in that sense yes because when I'm capturing those moments those are moments that are fleeting and moments that are candid and moments that I really felt like was like a joyous moment and sometimes it it may be harder for others to naturally capture it especially if you're not gifted in in photography or you feel intimidated by you know the whole video capturing or photos I totally understand that but what I always say is don't feel intimidated like you can just keep trying because for me when I think of capturing moments with my children it's like it sort of feels like a time stamp or a time capsule more than me trying to come up with a perfect image. It's more like, hey, I just want to wake up at 75 years old and look back at this moment and remember how hard and how loud we laughed at this very perfect moment. So because that's just the intent, it feels easier as opposed to like, oh, I have to have this perfect, perfect photo or it has to look a certain way. When you let go of all those things, it becomes much easier to capture. So in that sense, it's 
a bit easier when you let go of all those inhibitions. But on this flip side, I also understand how a lot of social media influencers would also feel that it is also work. And I'll be the first to say that, you know, there is no shame in saying that we have to professionalize the job of being a digital creator or a social media influencer. And I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive, wherein people always say, you know, that seems odd. How are you being authentic and trying to create, you know, real moments, but at the same time, you're working with brands and then you're also, you know, considering it work. So there's always that misfit, you know, there's like, there's this disconnect that some people find hard to sort of um, mesh together. And I totally understand where both sides are coming from. But for me, I don't feel that you have to be mutually exclusive. I think it's possible to build a brand organically with values that you hold dear and staying true to the value system that you know you feel best represents you but at the same time i also see the value of the work there is honor and there is it's actually good work if you think about it you know you're also developing good content which a copywriter would probably do like when you do your captions, you're thinking of words that would best convey a message that would best reach your audience. So that's the same job that a copywriter or a writer for an article would probably have. It may seem a bit different in terms of execution, but in the same way that you're putting value in the work that a copywriter would have, you're also putting value in someone who's crafting a caption with a certain audience in mind and being responsible in stringing sentences together to be effective communicating that right and in the same thought also you're also giving value to someone who took photos of a product or a hotel or a destination in the best way possible to capture you know the feeling that you want a tourist to feel or a customer to feel in the same way you're giving a premium to a photographer for doing that for a catalog or for, let's say, or, or a videographer for, you know, let's say a commercial, you're giving that same premium and value also to someone who also has a camera, who's investing in their gear, who's also taking time to study, you know, their photography skills, their videography skills, editing, learning. These are hours and even years of really developing their craft so it may look different as to in terms of their execution or how their work you know the job description looks like but if you think about it it's possible to actually see the value in the profession of being a digital creator and allow them to still be authentic and allow them to still be aligned to their values. I think there is a balance in between. And if you are transparent, if you're transparent to your followers, and if you're transparent to the brands that you're working with, I think you'll never have to worry (laughs) because you're being honest on both ends. 
That's true. Yeah, it's it's great that you mentioned that because I've always wondered how does one maintain this balance of being authentic and mm-hmm. sharing like say your life, your personal life, yeah. yet creating branded content or selling these brands or products. So I think at the end of the day, you mentioned it earlier. It's really about as well, what is your intent for your social media presence, right? So if you want to have this, you know, authentic, a bit more loose, let's just say, image or brand, then of course, you know, you have to make sure that you that you stay consistent on that. And there's nothing wrong as well with the super curated, you know, fashion magazine type of of content. I mean, that's that's a totally different, um, let's just say, area or space as well. Yes, yes. I think that's what a lot of people think. It's like, oh, and 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 I'll be the first to admit, there's always this negative stigma when you say social media influencer. And at the point, I'll be honest, there was a bit of like um, hesitation on my end to be called that, especially since I came from the old school media background wherein I really had to go to college to do communication. And so I did the, the the whole legwork of working behind the scenes and doing production work and then also being on television. So I came from traditional media and then so transitioning to this new social media was 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 something that I had to grow and be comfortable in and even being called that sometimes I'm like really am I a social media influencer like is it really a job but then I always say you know what there are a lot of people especially young people right now who have invested years of just really developing themselves into this craft and so like what you mentioned there will be some who are so excellent in their curated photos and I have so much respect for them because you have to understand their photography skills even just styling themselves just to come up with this photo that's a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and not something that just anyone can do so if you see it in that sense that you understand the value of all those fragments that came into play just to create that image, then you'll have the same appreciation as someone who does photography for Nat Geo or Discovery Channel, because you'll see it's just a different mode of interest. It's just something completely different in terms of field or preference, but the same diligence and discipline and skill set is probably you know, still there. You know, it's the dedication to do the best or to be excellent at a certain thing. Now, there will always be people who probably say like, "Oh, it's fake." You know, this is dangerous because you're projecting, and you know, people might get the wrong impression and I totally understand that because I also understand the dangers of social media in sort of projecting the wrong image especially when people are very fragile and then they are exposed to a certain image that could be triggering or that could also cause insecurities in the same way that also plays for media in general. (laughs) You know, I think there will be the good, there will be the bad, there will be in between. And that's why we just hope for us who are social media influencers, knowing that we have this platform, we have to stand guard and be much more responsible. Instead of it being something negative, I see it as a positive, like, okay, 
my followers are mostly moms who need encouragement, who need a good laugh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the caption could be long to sort of give them the encouragement that they need. But sometimes it could just be a really shallow that's what you need. Like you'll have a really, really crappy day and I don't want to overthink and I just want a friend to tell me something really funny. So it could be different for other social media influencers, but it's again going back to the intent and going back to being responsible about that platform that's given to you. Absolutely agree. And I think it's also a question of who is in your community? You know, if you are talking yeah. to say stay-at-home moms, it would be totally different as to how you would be talking to say millennial fashionistas. Then you would have a totally different treatment. If you would have totally different yeah. content, um, and yeah, so totally agree with that. So, Patty, I see that you post a lot on parenting, fitness, food, fashion, lifestyle. Is that deliberate? I mean, what made you decide that these are, let's just say, spaces that you want to own or be known for? Well, honestly, for me, it's as simple as these are things that I like. And I guess it becomes much more sustainable if these are things that I actually naturally gravitate towards and that's really just the honest answer yeah thank you for being honest (laughs) because yeah that's what you said yeah it's it's the it's the most practical way of doing it right so I mean Patty at the end of the day you are also cultivating let's just say your own brand in the social media space right uh, what is the Patty Laurel Fillard brand? What makes it special that you have a lot of these brands who would want to work with you and be associated with you? First of all, of course, I'm always grateful, like I mentioned earlier, because everything just happened organically and like, surprise, it actually works. Like, I'm able to do a job that I genuinely enjoy and then get the respect and the value from brands that I respect. So, you know, it's it's such a win-win, I guess, for me. And it's something that I don't take for granted. And that's why I really am <laughs> very responsible in terms of my engagements, not only with the brands, but with my followers. I think that's something that I always have a conversation like that with the brands. And I and I really appreciate that when brands um, meet me halfway, mm-hmm. because honestly, I, I, I won't lie, you know, it's great to be compensated and to be valued for your work, especially when you've been working for two decades like I have, you know, it, it, it's, it's really such a fulfilling feeling to have like a brand come to you and to trust you and to actually feel that you're a good fit. But when I engage with a brand, I'm always very honest with them that I feel that I also have to take care of my followers. So honestly, there have been circumstances wherein there is a great brand, but I feel that there's a disconnect in terms of the messaging. It's something that I wouldn't feel comfortable with in terms of sharing with my followers, either it's a sensitivity or it's something that my values that I've already upheld for so long won't jive with the type of followers that I have. And so I would be very honest in terms of declining respectfully because there would be like some sort of disconnect. Mm -hmm. And 
Yet this has helped me navigate through the whole thing and balance the whole trying to stay true to whatever I feel comfortable in and believing in. And at the same time, professionalizing the work of a digital creator and, you know, having a good relationship with brands. So it's like, I want to give brands the best and most excellent service that I can give. And so if I feel that there is already a disconnect in terms of messaging or branding early on, it would be fair for me to tell them and no longer proceed because I know that they also have a certain budget that they've spent months deliberating a whole campaign that's mm-hmm. like sometimes years just to create. So I understand how difficult it is for a brand to actually come up with a list of people to tap. So I don't want them to be shortchanged in that sense when I feel like I wouldn't be the best spokesperson for them. In the same way, I always feel that I have to take care of my community because these are people who, although I don't know them personally one by one, I still feel a loyalty towards the people who have walked alongside me. And so I value them. I I know I see them as a whole entity that I have to take care of. And it's not not like I'm trying to project a certain life just so that I please them. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same that I have to please the client. It's more that I have to find a balance between taking care of the community that I've stayed loyal to, who I've found encouragement from as well, but at the same time, to be excellent in my work as spokesperson or a brand ambassador or a content creator or a partner with a brand. So there's always that finding that halfway point wherein you don't tip too much towards this side or you tip over this side and you you feel like you're sacrificing one for the other. I feel like I always engage when I feel there's like a really good balance in the boat. And I've been very lucky that, you know, brands that I've worked with understand that. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, from what I'm seeing, it's very important for you to really stay authentic to who you are. And that's the reason I think that your more than 100,000 followers on Instagram, they can see that, right? They can see if it's just one big BS or if you're really, you know, genuine with everything that you do and you have been building on that consistently. So then it would just appear so weird when all of a sudden, you know, it comes one big project out of nowhere. It's, you know, it's a disconnect to you and your brand and what you have been trying to cultivate. For me, I guess it started very simply. Like I would always get asked that, like, how do you say yes to a certain brand? Or how do you say yes to posting a certain thing? Well, honestly, it started with me just liking it Mm -hmm. or just having a great experience with it. And because I'm like that with my friends, wherein you have to try this, like, please, like, it would make me so happy if you would feel the same joy that I felt when I experienced this. It could be just a lipstick, like, oh, this lipstick made me feel like the most beautiful person. And so it's just the sharing the happiness I felt with someone else. And then it, of course, because before it was like a friend thing, and then it trickled into like, these are people I don't really know, but I still wanted them to feel that same happiness. So it started there. Mm-hmm. But eventually, 
as it progressed into like more work-related things with requirements and expectations, of course, the professionalism is back again in play wherein I'm trying to do my best and be excellent in, in everything that I do. But at the same time, I would always have that in the back of my head. What if one follower meets me in the mall and just says, remember you posted this? It was so bad. I hated it. I wouldn't be able to forgive myself for that as well. So it would always have to be like, okay, I'm trying my best to be excellent and professionalize being a digital creator so that people will also respect the type of work that we do. Mm -hmm. And so by being professional, at least brands will understand and will respect the craft that we do. But at the same time, I have to know the product. I have to experience that product and give it a try because it would be in my conscience if some person randomly comes to me and says they had a very bad experience with it. So of course, it's not perfect. There will always be, you know, negative comments and positive comments, just like in any field. But at least at the back of my head, I could honestly say, oh, I'm really sorry you had a bad experience, but for me, it was great. I didn't lie about my experience online. Yeah. yeah. Patty, as I think nowadays, especially with the pandemic, a lot of businesses, even smaller ones, are thinking of ways to just boost whether their popularity and sales, of course. Um, One one of the things that they're thinking or looking at would be to engage with social media influencers. How does that work? Is it possible for, say, even smaller businesses with limited or perhaps no budget to work with social influencers? Yes, definitely. I think that's the beauty about being a social media influencer is that you're your own unit. You're your own company. Mm -hmm. So every time you engage with someone, it's it's. It's much more agile in a sense because you're able to move quicker. Decisions are made faster because it's a matter of really the discretion of the social media influencer. So in terms of the brand working with a social media influencer, you're able to fast track a lot of things that normally you wouldn't get with a traditional media um, system. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the pros and cons because of course with the pros of traditional media, you have the structure, you have much more liability and, you know, there's just the discipline of having that structure or the organization. So there's definitely the strength in that. But in terms for, let's say, smaller businesses who just want something really quick, you know, you want to make a change, you want an instant boost. It also works when you want that because with the social media influencer, it's very quick in terms of the exchange. So for for now, personally, especially since the pandemic started, um, a lot of businesses here have have been badly hit, I think. And for me personally, I was just praying about it, like, Lord, how can I use my platform in a way to help all these businesses? And I would receive, and I'm not even kidding, hundreds and hundreds of people like writing to me and sharing what has happened to them in the past few months. And they have been heartbreaking. And even for me, I would tell my husband, sometimes I have to take a break from reading it because it would be so heavy for me. But at the same time, I would feel like I can do something. And I have a very, very little voice. It may not be millions in the following, but I know that 
there are people who actually trust what I have to say and I've been very responsible in keeping this platform. So even if I have a small voice, I still feel that it would be an effective voice. Like it would be a small, effective voice. So I I said like, okay, for small businesses, I was happy to promote all these businesses that I feel are really worth other people's time and effort as well. But again, I'm always into this whole balance. Like I want to commit to support small businesses but at the same time, I'm going back again to I really am very careful about my following and I want to protect them. So sometimes there will be some small businesses who want to send things, but I have to check first the quality. I have to make sure that it's safe, it's clean. Let's say if it's food, I'm very particular about the packaging, especially now, you know, you want to make sure that everything's hygienic, everything is transported properly. So these little things I really have to inspect before posting it. I want to support the small business. I know that it will bring revenue to them by promoting it. But at the same time, I'm also thinking of all the moms and the dads who are on a very strict budget at this time. So if I'm also not responsible and I'm just posting and posting and posting, buy this, buy that, without really testing it, without seeing if it's worth their money, then that would also be a disservice to the community that's following me. So again, I'm very honest to tell the small businesses, I'm here for you, I'll support you, but it also has to be worth every penny that my community will be shelling out. Yeah. And I think as a follower, I mean, personally, I am actually really turned off when I see only, you know, sponsored posts all the time. It's such a hard sell. I mean, I'm following someone on social media because I am a fan or I am interested to see the personal side of this um, individual or I find value in what he or she does. And then, but when I see that every post is just sponsored yeah. or an opportunity to sell, then I really do get turned off. So I totally understand yeah. as well where you're coming from. It also works for the brands that are engaging with a social media influencer if there's some space between. If I'm a brand, I'd be like, yeah, but I don't know anymore the identity of the person because I'm not able to see like the personality. I don't even know the, that side or you don't see the art of a person anymore. You don't see their interests anymore. So I guess there's nothing wrong with having a lot of sponsored content that is wonderful if a person is able to work and you know has a lot of great engagement. It's something to be celebrated and brands should really look for that. But at the same time, I think for brands, they're also looking for what you have to offer that will make them interested to align with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, aside from getting influencers to uh, create content or build brands, a lot, of course, want to push for hard sales. How do you usually track this? Do you have to also submit reports? What are some of the ways for perhaps our listeners who, who want to, say, track how a social media influencer would be able to help their brand? Okay, so this is actually coming from my side. It's a very, very difficult to really sort of quantify it. I would 
submit the reports and all the analytics because of course it's required and I understand that brands need a report to show, especially for their campaign. So that's completely understandable. But at the same time, social media is a completely different beast in terms of how effective a message is transmitted. Because for me personally, even when I'm following something, let's say I see it on Andrea's page, she tried um, this hot dog or this, this corned beef brand last March. I wouldn't be able to go to the supermarket right now, this moment. So it doesn't mean that she wasn't effective because maybe in three months when I'm in the supermarket, oh, this was the brand that Andrea posted. She said it was so good. I'll go and grab it. But it didn't mean that because I didn't comment in your post and say like, Andrea, I'm going to buy that coffee. (laughs) When I posted it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't effective to me. And it's also different for the type of audience that you're speaking to. Let's say if you're speaking to younger millennials, they're much more verbal and expressive online. So they're the types will be like, wow, this is great. That's amazing. I can't wait to try it. But if your audience, let's say, is like me, who are busy moms who barely have time or women who are in the office place from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., they probably go on their social media during their lunch break, but they don't have the time to make really long and explosive comments because they're in the middle of a meeting or they're heading off to another work errand. So it doesn't mean that it wasn't effective because it's just the nature of the follower. There will be a follower who is much more expressive online, but there will also be types of followers who are silent followers who will just absorb the information and engage in a different way. And so I find that I'm towards the latter because my followers are much older and they're very, very busy. But I find that they come to me when they bought it already and they're so happy and they're like, we. it feels like, it almost feels like we're classmates, like even if mm-hmm. I don't know them. Yeah. They're like, Patty, I tried these shorts and they really make my legs so long. And I'm so glad you posted it when you went to the beach last summer. So it probably isn't as, you know, like traditional media wherein you see the metrics immediately and you it's so quantifiable and something that you can measure in terms of a survey. In social media, it's completely different. And the engagement is really based on the type of followers and, of course, the type of influencer messaging that you give also. Yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it also depends on what your intention for that campaign is. If your intention really is to do hard selling, then of course, you know, you have different metrics to do that. But if your intention is to just build and create engagement, awareness, awareness, exactly. So then it would be, let's just say, softer metrics. Um, Okay. So Patty, you are doing such a wonderful job in cultivating a community of more than 100,000 followers who not only engage with you, but also trust and buy what you recommend. Especially in this day and age, brands and businesses also aim to do this. So for my last question, Patty, what would be your biggest advice to businesses that want to cultivate an engaged and loyal community? 
for me, I guess the best advice is to see your social media influencer or your digital creator as a partner, as opposed to just a vessel. And I think that's where the engagement becomes much richer, much more fulfilling both ways. When I receive like a letter or a proposal from a brand that sees you as a partner, like together we can do this. I have this great message. I have this great product. Let's be excited about it and let's share the word. As opposed to like, okay, I'm tapping you. (laughs) Just do my work. I don't want to engage with you. Just do this, 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 this. Because I think when there is that sense of collaboration and that genuine excitement about a certain product, about a certain service, then the influencer feels much more connected to it and it will show in how they post and it will show how they take care of that post. Because there will be that certain value ascribed to it as opposed to it just being another task to do or just being a job. Yes, it is a job. So there are still expectations. Like I always mention, we still still have to professionalize it. We still have to be excellent. We still have to submit on time and follow the guidelines because, of course, you want people to respect the craft that you're doing. But if a brand comes to you as a partner, as opposed to just, you're just one of my 100 people that I have to list down, then the influencer will do the job much more effectively. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. I love that. A partnership over a transaction, so to speak. Yes, yeah. yes exactly, exactly. Amazing. So, okay, before we end, I just also want to share my takeaway from this conversation. Having social influence means credibility and being trusted. Social mm-hmm. media at its core, I think we all have to remember, is all about connecting, sharing, and engaging. Yes. So if you want your business to use it to sell, it is still important to not compromise on building connection, provide engaging content, and ultimately gain trust from the community. And partnering with the right social media influencers could definitely help. On that note, Patty, thank you so much for your time and energy today. I learned so much and I did enjoy our conversation. This is actually very refreshing for me, for someone to ask me about these things. It helps me align everything that I've been doing. And and I guess for, for the young people out there who have been considering it, it takes a while to build the community. So once you have that community, please hold it dear. Be a responsible social media influencer because it's such a gift to have a voice and to have a platform at this time. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Thank you, Patty. Take care and stay safe in Manila. Yeah. Ciao. If you enjoy listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please do not forget to share your reviews and help spread the love on social media by tagging hashtag Brand Over Coffee. For questions, comments, and topic suggestions, you may reach me on Instagram at andreaa.ferry. Thank you for listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations.